Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week I'm back in the studio talking about Apple and Final Cut and the new Mac Studio. This Week in Production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message for Art at 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908 451 Six seven six zero. Thanks. While I was in Alaska on March 8th, Apple unveiled a new machine called the Mac Studio, along with a new monitor. At first, my initial reaction was, holy cow, this is an exciting new machine in the lineup, and it potentially shows me where things could go in a new Mac Pro. But then after some of the YouTube crowd started getting review units and demo units and some that purchased units uh, on their own, we start to see a different story. And my opinion has now changed from excitement to hesitancy and some disappointment. And I'll explain why. The Mac Studio, in its highest configuration, features a chip called the M1 Ultra, which is essentially four of the new M1 chips, you know, that they've evolved, or if you want to think of it, like two M1 Max chips that are bound together on this special interconnect. And it sounds great. I mean, the specs, everything that they hype in the in the keynote and on their website, it is an impressive chip. And then here's the here's the but. The but is that even though you're scaling processors and RAM and all these things, performance does not necessarily scale one-to-one. And if you look at some of the YouTube crowd, which has either gotten demo units or some have purchased units, their testing shows that it does not ne- it does not necessarily scale exponentially meaning if you got an ultra chip versus a max chip it's not twice or three times or four times as fast now they did show a pre-release version of final cut 10.6.2 in some of the demos And of course, the only version that's available publicly right now is 10.6.1. They've said that there are a couple of new features that are coming out that they've shown publicly. I don't think they intended to necessarily, but I think the cat got out of the bag in the demos and they did show some new features, dupe detection and uh, noise reduction done with the neural engine, which are exciting to me. But this new version that supposedly will show some better speed performance improvements is not yet available to the public. 
So that begs the question, you know, is the software really able to take advantage of their hardware? And I will say this, I don't think so. I think going back even on the Intel platform, we were never really able to get the full benefits of all the cores, all the processing, all the RAM out of the software that we ran, like Final Cut and Logic and Motion and things like that. I think that initially it was an Intel and Apple you know, thing that they couldn't develop uh, quick enough, or perhaps they knew they were making a transition and they didn't want to put too much resources in. But now we have Apple Silicon, and we're now waiting for Apple software to develop. Now, is 10.6.2 going to be a huge improvement? I don't know. I can't say for certain. I would like to believe so. No one really knows for sure, and if they do, they certainly can't speak about it right now because of NDAs. So we'll have to wait and see. But my feeling is that right now, the Mac Studio, given all its flash and power, is not really much better than the M1 Max laptop. And if you need a laptop, I mean, M1 Max has been a tremendous gain for me for most of what I'm doing, especially live streaming on the road. But for me to go to an M1 Ultra in a Mac Studio, I don't think now is the time. Unless you are desperate for a uh, you know monitorless Mac and you don't want a laptop and you don't want to buy a Mac Mini, sure, maybe the M1 uh, Ultra in the new Mac Studio is the way to go. The question really is, do you need to max it all out, so to speak, or can you get by with lesser? And that's a hard question because right now, the base configs are either 10 core or 20 core uh, with a uh, G, you know 48 core GPU versus a 24 on the base model and it's a doubling in price. So for $2,000, you can get the M1 Max, which is basically what's in the laptop. 10-core CPU, 24-core GPU, 16-core neural engine, 32 gigs of RAM. That's basically what's in my M1 Max laptop. And that performance has been great. I've not really regretted not getting the 64 gigabytes of memory. The question is, what happens when software becomes more optimized? Will I regret not getting more? Uh, RAM or more processor? Well, in the laptop, it wasn't really an option. But for me, considering a Mac Studio right now versus maybe waiting for the Mac Pro, there's no gain right now for me. I'm still running my 2019 Mac Pro. It's a 3.2 gigahertz, 16 core machine. It's got 48 gigabytes of RAM across the six banks. And it's got the Vega 2 32-gigabyte GPU. And it has the Afterburner card. So those things, I think, give me the best combination of performance right now for what I need in the tower. Now, a final cut, I don't know if it's 10.6.2 or 10.7 or 11. 
maybe when the next iteration of Final Cut Pro is really tuned for their own silicon, we might see some changes in the performance. Right now, there's nothing motivating to me to going to a Mac Studio. Things that I still get upset by are the rendering of audio waveforms. Still dogs me on a daily basis. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy with that machine. The lease is paid off. Uh, I'm ready for perhaps a new machine, but only when it comes with big games. If I were to buy a Mac Studio right now, I would basically go for the $4,000 standard config, which is the M1 Ultra chip, 20 cores of CPU, 48 cores of GPU, 32 core neural engine, and I would get the 64 gig model. I don't think there's any reason to go to 128 at this point. And probably one terabyte of storage would do me just fine internally. And that would be the $4,000, you know, give or take plus tax. And that's the one I would buy. The, the problem is that right now, that machine will not deliver until the end of May or middle of June. They just can't, I guess, can't make them enough, can't make them fast enough, or they sold more than they thought. I'm not really sure, but I'm not buying one. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what happens with the Mac Pro. It gets tricky, I think, because Apple still has Intel products in their current lineup. And of course, there are still users that are using Intel products on the Mac OS, so can they release a version of Final Cut that's Apple Silicon only? I don't think they can. Can they limit features in a new version to Apple Silicon? Yes, I, I believe they will. But the question is, how soon does that come out? And I don't have an answer to that. I, I think maybe, you know, maybe at NAB, which is a couple of weeks away from the date I'm recording this, we will perhaps hear some news. It does make sense. It seems like they're close to this release. Why wouldn't they release it yet? I, I think there will be something perhaps around NAB that will be Final Cut news related. The dates for this year's WWDC are June 6 through 10. And that sometimes is a preview of hardware like the Mac Pro that uh, will be potentially released later this year. We are expecting the Mac Pro new version with Apple Silicon to be released this year. We don't know if it'll be December when it goes on sale, or if it'll be September, October, November. It could be any time. Of course, we don't know. But there is a good chance that they might preview it at WWDC and then put it on sale later in the year. But again, I think the problem is that unless the software is really, really enhanced for Apple Silicon, it's going to be a bit of a disappointment. Now, I know that there are things that they can do which would make editing workflows much better, go in a much different direction that they have. Things like real-time captioning, you know, audio to text, text to audio, like, 
like things that they can do on the iPhones that would be dynamite inside of Final Cut Pro are possible. And I just don't know how quickly Apple is prepared to unveil that version of Final Cut, which makes the hardware sing. It's really hard to say. And that's why I am hesitant about any new upgrades at this point. I do think there's promise of some big performance gains coming. It just is really hard to say. The other new hardware announcement that Apple made on March 8th was the Apple Studio display. It's a 5K 27-inch variation of their iMac monitor. It turns out that this display is basically a monitor with an iPad camera system in it with the iPad chip. It has the ability to do its own software updates, and it's kind of weird. I guess it was cheaper for them to use an existing structure motherboard with a camera than to strip it out and build something new. So they essentially took a um, camera out of an iPad and just put it into the monitor display. It's my layman's explanation of it. But it is interesting from that standpoint. It was just cheaper to do it that way. But the display, uh, you know, it's kind of a poor man's 6K Pro display XDR. And it's not that cheap. I mean, compared to other monitors on the market, I guess if you really just want to stay in the Apple ecosystem, it does maybe make sense for you. But when you add it up with the stand, and of course the stand is a little different than the Pro XDR stand. But when you add all of that up, you're talking about $2,300 for a 5K 27-inch display. So not that interesting to me. I think you can do better with other non-Apple displays, and maybe over time they will come down in that price. So what about NAB? I am looking forward to going. I haven't been to NAB now in two years. It will be interesting to see vendors and crowds, and of course, new products. I have not really seen much being hyped in terms of products. I'm curious to see what the offerings are considering supply chains are still constrained and will that be on display so to speak at NAB in terms of vendors maybe we'll find out I am going to go for a few days I have a couple of appointments to see some of my uh, vendors I will bring my uh, my podcast recording setup I might try to get a few interviews on the floor if they allow me but it will be interesting to see. I will do some updates either from the show or after the show on the next episode of This Week in Production. For now, as my voice is straining, I will say goodbye and farewell until next time. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message, 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, 
iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.